Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Monday, September 16th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Friday, I went to Today's Dentistry. I had my teeth cleaned and examined. Dr. Mike O'Neill gave me a clean bill of health. Told me he'd see me in six months. Cassie, scrape my teeth. They are beautiful. They are clean. They are plaque-free. This is exactly what I want from a dental visit. It's going to be exactly what you wanted, too. Give them a call, 317-849-2933. Yesterday, the Indianapolis Colts beat the Tennessee Titans 1917. That's the important thing, that after two weeks of being on the road to begin the 2019 season, the Colts are 1-1. One one. That's what any reasonable person would have hoped for. Splitting these first two games on the road, that's a good thing. What we didn't expect is Adam Vinatieri's performance. Last week, he was one for two in extra points, one for three kicking field goals. Yesterday, he's one for three in extra points and didn't attempt a field goal. So Adam Vinatieri yesterday, after the game, he's on his way to the team bus, and he tells Stephen Holder of The Athletic, says, I'm going to talk to you guys tomorrow. And Stephen reminded him there's no media on Monday. He said, no, I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. And what the inference Stephen drew from that was that Adam Vinatieri was going to announce his retirement, and that is a reasonable inference to draw. What has happened to this point, no press conference has been scheduled as of this minute for today. What the Colts are trying to get Adam Vinatieri to do is calm down, not worry about it today. They get back to practice tomorrow in preparation for the home opener this Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. That's when Adam Vinatieri needs to be certain that he wants to continue to engage in the challenge of making kicks as a kicker in the NFL. This is his profession. He's made a lot of money doing it. By all accounts and all measurements, he's the greatest of all time. What has happened these last two weeks? And more importantly, what has happened to drive the narrative within Indianapolis, and nationally this has occurred too, that this goes back to 2018, part of the 2018 season. What that is, he missed an extra point, And Adam Vinatieri missed a 23-yard field goal at the end of the first half of the playoff loss to Kansas City, which ended the season last year, right? So people are saying that this extends back to last year. But if you look 
at Adam Vinatieri last year, he made 85.3% of his field goals. All right, he made better than 90% of his extra points, and he's done that every single year of his career. He's made better than 90% when they moved it back to the 15. All right, that turned extra points into, what are they, 32 yarders now, 33 yarders. So they're a little bit more difficult than they used to be when they were 20, when they were automatic, chip shots. And what the NFL is trying to do with that rule in moving the extra point back, they want more people to go for two. All right, and they wanted to encourage that or at least discourage people from going for the one and going for the extra point. Okay, so Vinny's had a tough go the last two weeks, but the narrative that this thing started in 2018 just isn't supported by the facts. From December 1st through that playoff game against Houston, Adam Vinatieri was really good. In Kansas City, not so much. The conditions were crap. We all remember that. Rotten day to kick the football. That's no excuse. Adam Vinatieri has made kicks under adverse conditions constantly during his career as a professional kicker. We remember the tuck rule night where Adam Vinatieri hit the game winner. He's hit game winners that gave world championships to the New England Patriots. He has been a great kicker for the Indianapolis Colts. And two weeks into the 2019 season, people are ready just to say to hell with this guy. He's not doing the job. We got to bring somebody else in. Well, here's the truth about firing somebody or cutting somebody, or allowing somebody to retire, as it appears Adam Vinatieri wanted to immediately after the game yesterday. You had better have a replacement in hand that is going to be superior to the guy you're allowing to walk away. That is corporate hiring 101. It's true in business. It's true in sports. It's true everywhere. If you are going to let a guy go, if you're going to wave a guy, if you're going to cut a guy, if you're going to fire a guy or a girl, you had better have a replacement who is going to be that outgoing person's superior. And if that's not the case, you should not fire anybody. Okay, now here's the question for you as Colt fans. Who is out there in the wings waiting that doesn't have a job right now who could come in for the Colts and be better than the guy who is the greatest who ever was? Who's that guy? And I grant you that at the age of 46, maybe Adam Vinatieri has developed a case of the yips. We see it in golf all the time, right? Like Ben Hogan was as good at striking the golf ball in his 50s and into his early 60s as he ever was in his 30s and 40s. What he could no longer do was putt. Same thing with Sam Snead. All of a sudden, you get the yips. You have missed enough that all of a sudden, instead of thinking about ways to make a putt, you're thinking about ways you can miss the putt. And when that happens, you can no longer compete at the highest levels of professional golf. The same may be true with kicking. Over the course of his career, maybe Adam Vinatieri has missed enough kicks that when he looks at the flags, when he looks at the, you know, the prevailing winds in the stadium, maybe he's thinking, oh my God, I really don't want this. I don't want to hook this thing. I don't want to slice this thing. I want to hit it right down the middle, but I'm afraid that I'm going to do one of the other things. Maybe that's happening in Adam Vinatieri's brain. And if it has, it might be time for him to consider the next act of his life. If it hasn't, 
I would hope that he would come back for week three and week four, kick at Lucas Oil Stadium under friendlier surroundings, not having to worry about the wind and all that stuff, and try to develop a routine that's going to work for him and will sustain him throughout the 2019 season. I don't see a guy. Would you rather have Cole Headland, the guy who kicked during the preseason for the Indianapolis Colts, and that the Colts cut, would you rather have him as your kicker than you would Adam Vinatieri, again, the greatest to ever do it. Would you rather have this guy than that guy? All right, this isn't what happened when Mike Vanderjat missed kicks to end postseasons, right? And all of a sudden, there's Adam Vinatieri. Let's bring Vinny in, and we'll have him be the kicker into the next decade and more. That's not what this is. There isn't an Adam Vinatieri who's a free agent right now that the Colts can go get. So you better be damn careful what you hope for because I don't. what you're going to be getting, unless the other 31 teams in the NFL are not very good at doing their job in appraising the talents of kickers, you're going to be getting, at best, the 32nd best kicker in the world. That's where you start deciding who you want. All right, because everybody else has got jobs. The other 31 have got jobs. Is Adam Vinatieri right now one of the best 32 kickers in the NFL? The statistics during weeks one and two would suggest that he's not. But we know better than that. He's 46 years old. He's kicked for longer than most of the guys on the Colts have even been alive. This is a guy who knows his job, and he has earned He's earned the right to decide when it's his time. And if he's deciding that it's his time and Colts fans see this as a good thing, you better be careful about what you wish for. Because what you might wind up getting is what the Bears had last year, right? Dunk, dunk, and you're out of the playoffs. You got to be careful about knowing that you can replace your current guy with somebody who's better or you cannot make that replacement. Colts, they get back to work this week. I told you that the Colts were going to win straight up against the Titans. I encouraged you to take the plus 155 and dance all the way to the cashier's window. Now, granted, if you did that toward the end of the game, you thought, well, you know what? It's about a coin flip as to who's going to win this game. Another game that I told you about last week, the, the Indiana Hoosiers, and Ohio State Buckeyes down at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington. I told you that Michael Penix was not going to play. And I told you that Ohio State minus 18 was the lock of the century. Ohio State wins 51 to 10. And those of you who were listening, you danced again all the way to the cashier's window. The Hoosiers, they've got UConn this weekend at Memorial Stadium. UConn, they got beat by about 10 over the weekend at Champaign. They played against Illinois. We'll see what kind of a, uh, what, what they do as far as providing resistance for the Hoosiers. Hoosiers absolutely have to have this game. They've got to go 3-0 and in the non-conference portion of the schedule or they are not going to make a bowl. That's for damn sure. After that game, they start playing against Big Ten competition every single week. If it's with Peyton Ramsey and there are some fears in Bloomington that Michael Penix might be lost for the season, 
If that's the case and you've got Ramsey, they better figure out how to move the ball with that kid under center. And and the reason that they were unable to mount much of an offense on Saturday, it had nothing to do with Peyton Ramsey. It had, well, it did. It did have something to do with Peyton Ramsey because Ohio State was able to load the box and knew that Peyton Ramsey wasn't going to beat their DBs deep. That wasn't going to happen. So they got to focus on the run. They did focus on the run. Indiana did not run the ball terribly well. And as a result, you've got this loss, which was really kind of unpleasant. So uh, the Hoosiers and UConn coming up this weekend. We'll see exactly what that brings for Indiana. The Chicago Cubs, they had a hell of a weekend. They had a lot of fun this weekend. And the three-game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, They scored 47 runs. That had not happened for the Chicago Cubs all the way back to 1894. The Cubs' bats were smoking hot. They hit a bunch of home runs. I think they hit 14 home runs over the weekend. And the Pirates, they hit none. The Cubs, much better than the Pirates, a three-game sweep. And so the Cubs are now only two games back in the National League Central. They trail the Cardinals, and they've got a four-game weekend series to wrap up the home portion of their schedule this coming weekend. Before then, they've got a three-game set against the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are not playing great baseball, and so you hope that the Cubs can find a way to take two of three of the Reds. And I told you that what the Cubs needed to do in this six-game stretch, three against Pirates, three against the Reds, they were going to need to win five of six. And if they can take two of three from the Reds to win five of these six, or maybe sweep the Reds, you know who the Cardinals are playing? They're playing the Washington Nationals, and the Nationals are, are playing for the wild card. The Cubs trying to catch the Nationals for home field advantage if they wind up getting the wild card instead of the National League Central crown. This is a crucial time for the Cubs. It's a crucial time for both the Cardinals and the Nationals. The good news for the Cubs is it doesn't matter who wins these next three games. Somebody is going to lose three. In each of those games, a team is going to lose a team that the Cubs are chasing right now. And that's a really good thing for the Chicago Cubs. I want to go back to the Colts for a minute and talk about Frank Reich and his decision with 214 left to go in this game. The Colts face a fourth and one at their own 36. They don't punt. They decide to go for it. And Frank Reich said it wasn't even a decision. He didn't even consider not going for the first down. That's the kind of trust he has in his offensive line and in Jacoby Brissett as a guy who's going to find a hole. And if there's no hole, create one and go ahead that and get that one yard necessary to uh, extend their possession, right? So they get the first down. And because of that, the Titans, they lose all timeouts. And the Colts wind the clock down to 114 before they finally punt and put the Titans in a position where it's going to be really, really difficult to get a shot at that game-tying field goal. So they don't do that, and the Colts wind up winning. That's how you win a game. And that's Frank Reich having stones, right? If you're a player, how do you love a guy like Frank, how much do you love a guy like Frank Reich who's going to say, you know what, it's on you guys. You go out and win this game. All you want out of a coach is an opportunity to put it on you, right? That's what Frank Reich did yesterday, and that's why the Indianapolis Colts won yesterday. We saw him do that last year. He bets on his guys. He's not trying to hedge his bets. He's not trying to be so brilliant 
that his team is afforded the option of not losing or, or the ability to not lose. That's not what he's doing. He's not playing to avoid losing. He's playing to win, and that's what you love as an athlete. That's what you love as a professional football player, and that is one of the reasons that Frank Reich is a hell of a head coach for the Indianapolis Colts and a breath of fresh air, frankly. After watching Chuck Pagano for years try to, you know, figure out a way to, you know, scheme and, and like play safe so that they didn't give up the big play. And so they, they would wind up avoiding losing rather than winning. I'm going to coach who wants to win, not a coach who wants to avoid losing. We all hate losing. Nobody likes losing, but the best way to avoid losing is to win. And Frank Reich puts his guys in a position where it is on them. They have the responsibility to win the game. I love that about Frank Reich. And that's one of the reasons I think he is a hell of a hire. He's not trying to outsmart the game. What he's trying to do is is take advantage of the superior traits of his roster. That's what he's doing. And speaking of that, how about Kari Willis, man? Kari Willis looks really, really, really good. Fifth rounder out of Michigan State. I think he was a fifth rounder, maybe a fourth rounder. But one of those middle round guys out of Michigan State, and they love him with the Indianapolis Colts. Clayton Gathers, he's a guy who certainly can help. And he's going to play, but he can be fragile. And to have a safety behind him that you got in the middle rounds to to do positive things, not just avoid negative things, but to do positive things, that's a hell of a get for Chris Ballard. And that's where he has really done a good job making his money. And because of Pierre Desir's injury, now you're going to have Rocky Seen, you're going to have Quincy Wilson getting a lot of reps at corner, like I told you that they would. Quincy Wilson did a great job yesterday. I didn't think the inf- the uh, interference that was called on him was interference. And then their last shot, Quincy Wilson makes a great play. Great coverage, breaks up the pass. That is doing it and doing it right. And that's what Quincy Wilson is going to wind up doing. Remember this about Quincy Wilson. He is still younger than Rocky has seen. All right, this is Quincy Wilson's third year in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. He is younger today and will always be younger because that's the way it works. We never catch people in age, for God's sake, but he's younger than Rocky Yassine. Officiating in the NFL, something has got to be done. I don't know what it is. Maybe there are too many video angles that make referees look stupid compared to the way they looked back in the day when we had standard definition TV or black and white TV, and it came over the air, and we always said it was always fuzzy, so we couldn't tell what roughing the passer was. But I'll tell you, the roughing the passer yesterday on Nick Chubb, absolutely terrible, a terrible call that really allowed the Chicago Bears to win that game in Denver yesterday. I got nothing against the Bears, man, but that win should have gone to the Denver Broncos. It didn't in large part because of that roughing the passer call, and I hate talking about officiating. I always think that wins and losses are determined by the players. There were lots of opportunities like that the play at the end that put the, put the Bears in the position to go ahead and kick that field goal, have Eddie Pinheiro get out there and kick that field goal. That play over the middle, 
that was that was terrible coverage by the Broncos and and so the Broncos on that play really put themselves in a position to lose that game but without the roughing the passer call they aren't in position to make that play it was just absolutely abysmal and something's got to be done because you know what and I don't even care look if if you think the officiating is going to be garbage don't bet on football don't do it because it's too it's too hard one game to the next to figure out what the hell is going to happen because penalties being called have such an enormous effect on what that final outcome is going to be and whether you cover or not whether you get to walk up happy to the cashier booth or whether you tear up your ticket and and run from the casino like it's on fire the refereeing is huge in football the officiating is enormous and the officiating yesterday from game to game to game to game and usually it kind of evens out but man yesterday in that bears broncos game the officiating was just absolutely terrible and then in the game between the colts and the titans there are a lot of calls that could have gone either way you know what if you want to fix an nfl game go get a back judge because there are times there there's contact on virtually every play, every pass play that you could call holding or you could call interference. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you could justify either call. And now that you can review them, go ahead, review them, but they're only overturning them in case of grievous error. So you go get you a back judge and you say, hey, look, let's share in the wealth. And, and when that can be done, when the rules are so difficult to uh, determine and enforce, right? When, when the rules have so much gray area, one call can make an enormous difference. And if one call is made by one official and it causes the difference in the game, oof, man, you, you really have an opportunity for disaster or for skullduggery, right? For corruption. And I, I hate to see that and I hate to even mention it, but now that many of us live in states, including Indiana, where sports betting is legal, this becomes problematic. This isn't just this isn't just for fun anymore. And that's kind of the and it never was because you had illegal, you know, quote, illegal gambling. But it was I mean, it was it happened all over the place. It wasn't so much as, you know, it's kind of like wink, wink. It's kind of like going 65 on 465. You know, you're not getting a ticket going 65. You're breaking the law. But, you know, they're going to look the other way unless you go like 70, 72. And at that point, you're causing kind of a public nuisance and a public uh, sort of a a health, you know, thing. You you could cause an accident. You go fast enough and you got to be ticketed because you're going so much faster than the prevailing speed of traffic anyway. If, if that's the case, they got to write you a ticket. As long as you kept your sports gambling sort of uh, on the down low and didn't go crazy about it, you were going to be fine in Indiana. Now it's legal, and so it's a whole different kettle of fish. We can walk it. It's like paramutual ra- uh, wagering, or you know what, going to one of the racinos and and betting on the electronic craps or, or blackjack. And soon we're going to have live dealers, so that's even better. But you can do it completely legally, and it's not frowned upon. And you don't have to conduct your business in, in you know, smoke-filled taverns, right? Although they aren't anymore. You can just go out in public and do it. And as long as that's the case, you've got to really do what you have to do to make sure that these results 
are reasonable and that these results haven't been tainted by officiating that has been uh, has not been as good as it ought to be. And that's kind of where we are in the NFL. The officiating isn't as good as it ought to be. That wasn't uh, roughing the passer by Chubb. And the Broncos should have won that game. Instead, they lose. The Bears win. Good for the Bears. And you know what? For every loser, there's a winner. So it kind of evens out in the end. But you would like for the result not to be determined by incorrect application of gray areas of rules. And that's kind of what we've gotten into with with the NFL. And we need to get out of it. Uh, Tomorrow, breakfast with Kent. Bright and early, 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock in the morning, for goodness sake, on Facebook Live at about 8.15 on Periscope Live. It's a show so nice we do it twice. All of this. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Give Dr. Mike O'Neill a call, 317-849-2933.